Growing Up, our brand new resource for churches and parents is out now. Woohoo! With Sunday school sessions, training videos, podcast episodes for parents and one for the whole family. All there to help our children navigate the confusion, filter the messages they're surrounded by and hear God's good story. All our Growing Up resources point to the Heavenly Father who loves our children even more than we do and has the answer to their biggest questions about who they are and how to live. Together, as families and churches, we can support each other to start good conversations about bodies, gender and marriage so our children can grow up hearing God's good story. Head over to the website faithinkids.org and find out all the details about growing up. Hello, this is the Faith in Parents podcast. I'm joined by Amy as usual. Amy, how are you? I'm great, Ed. Um, I am I am at the end of an entire month of children off sick in my life. An entire month. I am longing for a day on my own in my house. So it's a great way to start a, a podcast on friendship. Convince me that other people are a good idea. <laughs> and we're joined again for our second Who Am I podcast with Matt Fuller. Matt, for those people who have not listened to our whole back catalogue in the last 24 hours, who are you, where are you and how are you? I'm the senior minister at Christchurch Mayfair, been there for about 200 years and, and I just want to commend to you and any kids worker, I found a seven foot inflatable bear <laughs> online, which was helpful in Isaiah 11, you know, the, the, the bear will sit with the calf. The, the rest of the staff team have been re-watching the video of the bear entering stage right all week long and it just makes us roar with laughter so if everything's going wrong in your life for 25 pounds you can buy a seven foot inflatable bear and actually i think it's a really good investment there you go matt as much as i would like to ask you for your three favorite all-age service moments and i can name most of yours for you 
I'm not going to ask. Although it would be funny, well, I'm not going to do that right now. Including the one I was sacked for. <laughs> we, we're not going to discuss them all now. That's going to be another episode. Matt Fuller and his and his all age fails. Uh, instead, Matt, you've, you're writing a book at the moment that is relevant to this topic. Tell us the book you're writing and how that's going and how it's relevant. I think you're referring to a one that's happily written. That's one thing I have actually done. So Reclaiming Masculinity, it's with good book. It'll come out in June, I think. Sometime. But which is just generally a book. What does it mean to be a man? Very confusing these days. But I think I think why I think you know this. And I think why I'm here today is because, you know, there's a chapter in Friendship. And you said, Matt, I can't get anyone on the show to speak about friendship. And I said, I'm stupid enough to do that for you, Ed. And so here I am. Hooray. Well done, Matt. And uh, I did find that it's true. I asked a whole bundle of people to speak about friendship and they all said, no, I don't really have any friends. So I'd be the worst person to help people (laughs) understand friendship. Amy, how do you find friendship? Uh, Do people need help with this? I think we really do. So I think there's two two layers. So I think as um, as a mom, when I talk to my friends about friendship, they would say, I don't really have any friends. And like they're talking to me and I think I'm your friend. And then the, as a mom, there's also the heartbreak over our kids when they cry and someone's fallen out and I don't have friends and who am I going to sit with? And I was on my own at lunchtime today. So I think it would be great for us to understand why does friendship matter? Why is it a big deal? And and what can we learn about how to do friendship as Christians that's perhaps a little different from how the world might do friendship? Thank you. Matt, your chapter on friendship I found moving. Will you just tell us what role has friendship had in your life? Well, I think God has been very kind. I don't think I'm a particularly strong at friendship, but for some kindness of God, he's brought very good friends into my life. I think they've made me better. (laughs) They've improved who I am. They've lifted me up in moments when I needed help and have spurred me on to be a better Christian man. I, I, I think in the wisdom of God, maturity has come via friendship to a, a large and significant degree as well as fun you know and just people to hang out with and you know the, 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 those, those are not to be underestimated I mean you get different things from different friendships don't you some are really profound and change you for the better some people just make you laugh a lot and sometimes that's what you need you know I'm pleased you've had those friends you used to be one of them but now you only ask me when you need something from me <laughs> That's a different kind of friend. I'm cutting all of that out. <laughs> Amy, what's been the story of friendship in your children's lives? What What are the questions and the problems that keep coming up in your family? So I think my kids are all quite quite different. And I think we probably cover the spectrum of different kinds of friendships. So I have a daughter who's had a, a friend, a best friend since preschool, and they have stuck together and been friends. And they're quite different. It's quite a surprise that they are as good friends as they are, but they have stuck with one another. And they hit the sort of top end of primary school and things start to get difficult in girl friendships, particularly year four, five, six. It's uh, we're all falling out. Everyone's upset. We're quite mean to one another. Then the dust settles and we begin high school and it's a power play of who is going to be the friend that is going to get you through the transition to high school. I would say that's that's the two types of friendships that I see. There's sort of solid friendships that I'm your friend no matter what. There is power play friendships. And, you know, are you the cool kid? Are you the popular kid? If I align with you, do I get to be more popular? And there's the, there's the flighty kid. 
I have a son who who moves. It's just quite quite a free spirit, and he moves between different people at different times in his life, and it's all okay. And doesn't seem particularly bothered that he doesn't have a one friend, but just he he treats friendship like a buffet. I think it's okay. So we're going to try and tackle some of that and uh, walk our kids through some of that. Uh, I have to say my experience of friendship is uh, with my kids is I feel like friendship is the issue that's caused the most tears, that and exams and tests. But I do remember the season of life where we had tears, not quite every day, but I'd say every other day over friendship. And I can say it's probably the thing that's caused me to pray most fervently in my life, which is a measure, I guess, of how few problems I have in my life that it's been about friendships and my kids. Uh, Matt, I don't think you'd find anyone who would say, like, friendship isn't good, let's all have friends. Is there, could, could you give us something of what, is, what does the Bible have to say and is there a Christian distinctive? Well, I mean, I probably presume you, you start with a, we're, we're created for a relationship, we worship a God who is in eternity, Father, Son, Spirit, in relationship. Uh, there's bonds of love between them. That is inherent to who he is. And we're invited to join him in that relationship. Our friendship is clearly a noble thing. Jesus can say to his disciples, I, I don't call you servants, I call you my friends. It's one of the titles he gives to his uh, brothers and sisters. The children of God are, are friends of the Lord Jesus. And then from another sort of the angle, I, I, I think the book of Proverbs is one of the richest places to turn to think about friendship per se, in terms of using the words. But I guess more generally or wider than that, the, the New Testament, it's uh, relentless appeals to one another uh, and necessity for one another. We, we can't live the Christian life on our own. You know, you think of, I know, Hebrews 3, or stuff like, see to it that neither of you have a sinful, unbelieving heart, but encourage one another, or, or chapter 10 of Hebrews, encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. That The New Testament envisages we need one another. We just can't get through. I know you could say, well, that's just a church setting. Of course, but there are degrees of how that happens within church. And it happens best with your friends. And that I think Proverbs is super helpful on that and in being realistic on what makes a good friend. And you can't have too many friends. You need to have a few that you walk through life with. That's just realism. But you can have many acquaintances and come to ruin. But the one who has friends and a few of them to spur him on, hold him to account, lift him up. That really matters. So I just think it's woven in, it's woven throughout the scriptures. We're made for relationship. Friendship is a blessing. Who you walk with through life will determine who you are. You walk with the wise, you become wise. You walk with the fools, you're a fool. So I, I think we we underestimate or we neglect the importance of friendship too much. I wonder if we get it better as parents than we do for our own lives, actually. Yeah. I think that's probably true. So as a, a so as a parent then, I think I could pick really good friends for my kids. I would love to turn up on the playground and say that one and that one and not that one. And I would make their life a lot easier. And I would, you know, if you've just set for, for me a, a measure of success there, we need 12 friends, Jesus, the 12 disciples, 12 good friends. Let's go. So that's what we should do, right? As parents, turn up on the playground, select their friends, make sure they've got 12. We're done. Is there a layer of, of friendship? I think in your chapter you broke it down really helpfully that there's different, there's acquaintances and there's close friends. I think just that simplicity is a helpful thing. And 
Can we really pick our kids' friends? Can we pick our own friends? Help me, Matt. <laughs> I think I think to us well, I think to a certain extent we can pick our own friends. You can be intentional in pursuing friendship with someone. No, there has to be something organic. You can't be odd. No one no one likes the individual who comes up and says, I'd like you to be my friend. But <laughs> once there's something organic there, you can be deliberate, you, you can invest time, you can go, you know, invite for, for events, you can go on holiday, you can do all sorts of things. Can you choose your parents, you can choose your kids' friends? That's a bit harder, isn't it? It is a bit harder. I wonder, I, I wonder in teenage years, it becomes a little bit easier. Uh, I, I wonder if some will have, some adults, some parents here will have, have friends and they do stuff with them. And I think going holidaying with friends is, is a very important thing. But if, if your kids and their kids also get on, that is, that is a massive blessing. And it actually happens quite a lot, I think. Not all the time, but quite a lot. You know, shared memories, shared holidays together helps, helps with that. So that's not quite picking your children's friends, but it's putting them in a helpful ballpark isn't it but you, of course you can you can encourage or discourage and it, depending upon your kids temperaments and their ages that will have variable success i'd imagine so matt i think as christians you're touching on the idea that maybe we would pick christian friends to go on holiday with partly deliberately because their kids are, are our kids ages so while it might be organic we bump along with the family at church their kids are the same age as ours, so therefore that means we spend more time together and then we go on holiday. But there is just the thing, which is I do think Christian friends for my children have been simpler. So, for instance, when they go wrong, I feel more able to pick up the phone to their parent and say, look, I, I don't think you would like it that this is happening and I don't like this is happening and I'm not blaming you, but can we come to some understanding together? <laughs> I, I really wish that happened with school friends. <laughs> But it doesn't. But for our children to grow up with Christian friends, or at least children of a Christian family, that must be great, mustn't it, Matt? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is great. You're, you're and particularly with parents, you're working on a common framework. That is always better. I mean, even yeah. I mean, that that is great. No doubt about it. Sometimes, of course, with it gets harder at secondary school, primary school. You can you quite often bump into parents, don't you, at the at the school gates. You can get to know secondary school is a bit it's a little bit harder i think with teens because you don't bump into um so much certainly my wife has always been very good i think at and you know okay there's a friend let, let me i'm going to contact the mum, get in contact you know and get to know and just go for a coffee with the mum. partly that's discerning where are you coming from what sort of parenting i mean it's not i wouldn't be overbearing about it my wife just likes meeting people as well <laughs> she's good at that but also oh, okay no, that's whatever. Jamie, his parents are great. They they're sort of sensible. They have parameters. You know, it's not a free for all manic household, and you kind of get a sense of that. Oh, look, Giles's parents—they're absent. <laughs> they're just never there. He has the run of the house with the au pair and does what. No, I'm making this up, but you—that's you, not picking your parents, your kids' friends, is it? But it's just being aware. A bit awareness helps. I think the story of friendship in kids' lives is. You know, as with everything, we we learn, and part of learning how to have friends is is by making mistakes and by experience. So, you know, I think through the through the years through primary school, you know, it can be hard to have kids back to to your house when you don't know them well, and that thing of friends at school hanging out. Let's go to the park after school. Let's you know, let's try it out. Let's do let's do something in a neutral venue. Let's get to know one another. 
And I think that thing about having helping our kids understand perhaps a value difference between a Christian friend and and perhaps a, a non-Christian family from school. I remember my daughter being particularly surprised that she'd come home and she told me how her uh, friend had been to Disneyland in Florida for the weekend and pointing out to her, she hasn't. No, no, she has. She has. Honestly, she has. She told me. And she's in tears as she's telling me this story because, you know, she she expects, because I don't believe her, that I think she is lying to me that her friend didn't tell her this story. And I'm trying to explain that it's, you know, 10 hour flight. It wasn't for a weekend. It didn't happen. And her shock that, you know, in other worlds and other people, you lie to try and make somebody like you. And me trying to explain to her that, you know, you can be a great friend because you can help her know that you don't care if you only played in your garden for the weekend. She doesn't need to impress you. You're still her friend. She doesn't need to tell you a story. So like she wants you to like her and she's telling you these things because they sound impressive and cool. And you'll like her if she just did nothing. So wouldn't that be great if you could be a friend because you can tell her I'm your friend if you don't even go anywhere? And I think trying to help our kids unpick some of those confusions and some of those differences that um, perhaps they've picked up something about how we live and what we do, which we didn't even tell them. Matt, do you see differences in how we're called to have friends be friends? Because this just feels to me one area where everyone wants good friends, no one wants bad friends. Do you see an area where as Christians we can be better or we should be better or we should be different? This may be really obvious, but I, I, one great distinctive is forgiveness. I I think you can you, you see it at all ages. I, I see it in our church. Lots of 20-somethings seem to fall out with one another in, and that's it. <laughs> I mean, they sort of, people, everyone has feet of clay. Even our best friends will let us down at, at points just as a the perfect spouse will at some point will let you down, you know, or not perfect, but you know, a great spouse will let you down. Great friends will let you down at some point. No one, no one is flawless. But what do you do with that? Do you, do you forgive and move on or, or not? And I think helping children at a young age understand, yeah, the, the, you know, whatever, Angelica was really mean to me at school today. Why well, is that unusual? And what are you going to do about that? Are you going to forgive her or just, you know, what do you want to do about it? Are you just going to move on from that friendship and, it's quite hard, you know. Primary school, I, I just observe friendships can change, chop and change so very, very quickly, can't they? Uh, and Amy, your 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 kid with the with a friend from before primary school—that's pretty unusual, I think. It's, it's a lovely blessing that. But helping people, forgiveness, I think, is—it's not just generally we're not a very forgiving culture. Our children are growing up in a culture which has less forgiveness in it than previous ones. So. If we value friendship, how are we different from those that that also value friendship but use it as a trade-off? So, Matt, I, I could take you to, I think, probably every primary school in the country when the, the, the party invitations are being given out. And it's, you know, that's the that's the currency, isn't it? Be my friend and you can come to my party. That is that is a way of valuing friends. <laughs> I want to have lots of friends. I want to be your friend because I'm going to get something out of it. What's the what's the difference with with the sort of Christian perspective on value and friendship? Do we just want stuff out of it from, from the other person? Uh, I, I think lots of lots of schools, primary and secondary, they, they, they revolve around a, a, a large element of competition, not academically, but friendship and popularity. And I, I think different children have different temperaments and, you know, like most areas of parenting, you can't beat yourself up if your kids don't, you know, oh, my children don't have the best friends and what have I done and how can I help them? Sometimes there is a limit to what you can do. And 
uh, part of growing up is to is learning how to be resilient in the face of disappointment. You know, so they've got to learn that as well. Uh, there'll be periods when they have good friends, probably periods when they don't have good friends. But um, I think helping kids understand that, it, that that that's this sort of strange game is a is odd. And look, this is not a biblical phrase or 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 or, or, say, or, or saying, but yeah, there's the, the old adage: look, if you want a good friend, you have to be a good friend, which is not biblical, but but yeah, conceptually is is biblical. You know, you give. <laughs> it's more blessed to give than to receive. And and sometimes you just just be a friend and see what happens. Uh, and some will take advantage of you, but some will love you for it, and it'll go really well. I think there are. There are two ways picking up on this that I, I do think in, in our children, there are some distinctives. One way is that way you're saying, which is, can we encourage our children to be good friends rather than just to return others what they have given to you? C- can we encourage our children to have a standard of friendship that they aspire to, even if no one else does, because we give before we receive? I think there's a second one, which is, I do think children often, not always, but often emotionally feel the disaster of broken friendships, humiliation, being left out in the cold, being turned on, being being publicly whatever. And I, I do think as Christians, we have somewhere to go when we feel lonely. When When we have been turned out of a friendship group, we still know we're loved. Our children can still know they're not defined by being lonely. I do. I I vividly remember the eight-year-old I knew in Sunday school whose parents told me they had no friends. I would honestly have put that child as the loveliest child in our church. I, I could not understand. There was no way of understanding why she was alone all the time in school. And her parents helping me to see they still love her. She needs to go home to a home where she's loved. She needs to be told the things that are true, that she's not getting it wrong. She is doing a great job of loving others. I, 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 whereas I, th- I think there's an instinct in, you know, we, we've got a letter from school back. Again, it's four pages long telling us we should not approach other parents with our gripes in the playground. We should not be we should not be sending them letters. It's So what's not written on this document is some of you are causing real aggro to each other in fairly <laughs> ugly confrontational ways outside the school gate. Because I, I think, you know, if your kid disses my kid, we're going to take that out on each other outside the school gate. So although that's not great anyway, as Christians, we don't need to fix the friendships. We don't need to confront the problems in that way we can just tell our kids what's still true. And we can just have patience with kids who are learning stuff. You know, no one kicks off that your child got their maths wrong because they're figuring this out. And it's exactly the same with friendships. They're figuring this out and they're going to get it wrong and they're going to make a mess. And they're going to need people to sort of tell them, ah, can you see how you did this here? And maybe you should try this next time. Uh, So Ed, you've talked about it being a big thing for you in your parenting what do we do when our child is sobbing on the bed on you know bedtime? I don't want to go to school tomorrow. I haven't got any friends. I sat on my own at lunchtime today. No one sat with me. I hate it. 
So I would, it's okay, I'm going to turn up, climb over the railings, <laughs> I'll be your friend. So clearly we're not allowed to do that. What can we say as Christians that isn't, never mind, they're all gits in that school anyway, or, you know, what, come on, help. Well, uh, look, the, the first thing every parent, there's a list of things every parent does, and some of them aren't bad. You organise a play date, you organise a sleepover, take them out for a milkshake and tell them they're loved, you... You ask some great questions. Those things are all true. I think what's interesting is when those things don't work after a month or two months. So then the approach changes. So, And it's interesting that if the approach changes after three months, it could change after one night. So three months into no friends, I found that I was praying with my child prayers that were a bit like, God, you need to show up tomorrow. Because after three months, your child doesn't want to go to school because school is a very lonely place. And always being on your own in the playground is a very hard place to be. So, Lord, you, you need to show her she's loved. You, you, need, you need to give me as a parent wisdom to know what to say. I found myself praying prayers with my child and I didn't know what the outcome was going to be. And I discovered that's faith. Faith is, Lord... You know, so as parents, we can use a prayer basically to teach our children things. Dear Father, thank you that you have given us many good things today. Amen is a way of saying God gives us every good thing. Good. Well done. Brilliant. Let's pray those prayers. But there's also another kind of prayer, which is we need something and we can't keep going on like this. And it's awful. So either help us in the hardship or please change something so it's less hard. And I think in parenting, those com- those prayers might happen more because as adults, we can often fix the problems in our lives. Sometimes we can't. But it does feel like friendship might be one of those places as a parent where we discover we need God to be the better parent because the sleepovers haven't helped. Talking to the teacher hasn't helped. And uh, coaching our kids in how to be a good friend hasn't helped. I think there's that thing as, as well about you, when you ask the why question. So like for a lot, I think for a lot of kids, there's 50% of the classroom that is off limits to being their friend because they're a different gender to them. That there's In their head, there's some blocks to I can't be that person's friend because they look different for me to me. So my son, as he moved up to high school, uh, he was put in a lower set and wasn't with his friends and, and came home devastated and talked about making new friends and how this was a challenge. And I did, Matt, I did the thing that you said don't do because it makes them weird. I said, pick someone and go and say, hi, I can be your friend because we're all trying to work this out and you're all in a new classroom and just go be friendly. And fortunately, Matt, in God's kindness, (laughs) he did follow his mother's (laughs) advice and go and say, hi, would you like to be my friend? Shall we have lunch together? And said to me afterwards a really beautiful thing that, um, Mom, I'm so glad that you've taken me to play cricket because at cricket I've met kids who don't look like me. So I have been more confident that I can be friends with kids who have different colour skin to me. So that was just a thing that I hadn't realised had been a barrier to him, but that gives you more confidence that diversity within friendship is actually a really good thing. And I think we have to help our kids talk about that. Uh, I have a son who was made the mistake of going to high school and trying to be friends with girls, which just was like, no. Everyone then goes, is that your girlfriend? So then he has a best friend who's a boy and then gets asked, are you gay? So to unpack these things with him, that there's different levels of friendship and you can be friends with people who are not like you. 
You have to be confident enough to say to people who question your friendships, shut up. She's my friend. He's my friend. We all need friends. Do you have friends? Because <laughs> you probably don't if that's how you speak to people and you're probably jealous. Matt, can we, can we just talk about that thing a bit, which is uh, you and I live in London and uh, I think it's my observation and teachers tell me it's true that the black kids hang out with the black kids and the white kids hang out with the white kids and the Asian kids hang out with the Asian kids and the boys hang out with the boys and the girls hang out with the girls. Is that, is that the way of things, Matt? Is it, is, sh- should we try to make that different? I'm not sure that's true of all of London. It might, it might depend where you live. I think my initial thought on that is, well, who do the parents hang out with? <laughs> if, the parent, if, if the white parents just hang out with the white parents, well, so with their kids. If the black parents just hang out with the black parents, so with their kids. If the parents mix, so with their kids. So if that's an issue, I think, you, you know, you've got to look at yourself. <laughs> who, who, who do you hang out with? Who, who do you plan to do stuff with? And that, but that's, you know, I mean, we've mainly spoken, I guess, about the, the, the counsel, the, 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 the wisdom, we, the words we'll try and pass on to our kids. But of course, we teach in two ways, don't we? We teach with our words, but in many ways, more significant over the longer term is how we teach and what we model. And so I'm not sure. I'm not sure, Ed, to be honest. I mean, I, we're, we're very central in, in Zone 1, the local school. My son was the minority, being a white kid. And so that was just never an issue. It just never looked like that. You know, there's some cultural things you've got to navigate. Having people over for dinner is a bit different cross-culturally, what that looks like. You realise coffee's okay, making coffee. You make friendships by taking food rather than inviting round. And, you know, you, you learn some stuff by screwing up. <laughs> uh, uh, but that's true of most cultural, crossing cultural barriers, isn't it, to a certain extent. But so I don't know. I, 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 I may not be a very good person to ask on that because it never looked like that for us where we live here in zone one uh, but i think it's you know what do the parents do would be pretty key in that and and on that different cultures do hospitality and friendship differently yeah and and uh, there is perhaps an english tendency to my house my flat my home is my castle no one comes in whereas some other cultures seem to be significantly better at being in each other's homes and inviting people in and it not being planned for next week, but just right now, let's do this. Is that, 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 and that's what you're saying is we're modeling it to our kids. We, how we, how they, they will see us, how we make friends, won't they? Yes. And I, I just observe some other families at church. Some are great at, have been really great from sort of late primary onwards. Friday night is pizza night. We, we make the dough and then we all add our toppings and some are disgusting and, and some... Oh, kids, if you want to invite anyone, there's always food. And so it was never planned and they didn't know if they'd have five people in their house or 15 people in their house. They just slightly rolled with it and um, end up eating pizza for three days in a row sometimes. You know, but um, they did really well at having an open house and cross-culturally people would come in. It's quite, you know... Late primary, early secondary, Friday night for a little bit, come and have pizza. I mean, most kids, you know, there's some mileage in that. There's a reason that it's always pizza at youth group. Pizza flies. Yeah. <laughs> we know that. Yeah. So just that sort of open door, I thought was was really lovely. Um, I mean, it has the tangential advantage. that it, it, it sort of went on into sort of mid-teen years as well, and they always knew where their kids were because theirs was the fun house to come to. Now you've got to have a house that's big enough, etc. I know all those things. But theirs wasn't vast. It was... You know, 
they just happened quite happy to give up their Friday night for their kids and their kids' friends. There's a family in our church and uh, the, the mum says, I'm a rubbish cook and my house is tiny. So you can all come round and eat chips out of paper on the sofa. And that's just so exciting to go and have a chippy tea in someone else's house on the sofa and eat it out of the paper. Makes it fun. And I think, yeah, to, to learn to be a little bit more relaxed because actually the value of the thing is the time together rather than the, the impress the way I've impressed you with, I don't know, my silver service cutlery or something. But um, yeah, because we're valuing the friendship rather than the thing that we're doing it around more. Yeah, and more than stuff. Yeah. You're, you're modelling to your kids there, we love people, and if stuff gets damaged by people, it's okay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Matt, can you help us with mean kids, difficult kids, awkward kids, weird kids, different kids? So we, we've established that friendship can be the currency for influence and belonging. But equally, as parents, you, 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 uh, your chapter helpfully lays out you become a bit like the friends you hang out with. But that that's also a problem for the gospel, isn't it? Because we're, we're trying to show open love to people who we don't like and who are different. So can you help us with that, walking that line? Well, let, let me say a comment on, on maybe on adults than kids. What do we do as adults? We, we all have, you know, most of us develop, I guess, friends that encourage us and replenish us and also try to be kind and invite people into our lives who need help and are, this is a slightly negative way of putting it, but, but draining. They, they exhaust us because they are quite hard work. Uh, they may be pretty messed up. Uh, they may take a lot of energy. And we expect there to be a balance, you know, and we, we work out we need some friends to encourage us. And then we can also have some people into our lives who take, you know, drain. I mean, that's just, you know, um, energy. Well, let's be realistic with our kids as well and not just try and make them into super Christians. And so, you know, you must, you must befriend every weirdo that you can find. And that's what Christians do, to which, you know, at some point they, they'll be wise enough to say, but it's not what you do, mum and dad. Um, so let's not expect too much, right? Uh, let's be realistic here. I don't know, Ed. I mean, what, why, why are kids mean? Generally, I think, and this is really simplistic, because they've been hurt, uh, or because their parents have modelled meanness, I think. I mean, that's really simplistic, right? So often kids are mean because they've been hurt. So I look at, you know, some, I can think of families local to us here, you know, who adopted kids, and you you work this out, but, uh, oh, so-and-so, you know, Brian, he's always standing on the tables and throwing stuff around the room. He's such a strange kid. And you're thinking, yeah, but, you know, he was abused as a child and then adopted into this family. You know, so sometimes you know the backstory, but often it's, you know, you're telling your your heart trying to help your children understand that, that often when people are mean and angry it's because they've been hurt and you need to adjust for that it doesn't mean you ignore the, their anger or or just are naive about it but you bear that in mind i think the other reason kids are mean is because their parents are mean unwittingly their parents have modeled you you, you only you only want people who help you in life because that's all they ever see their parents do and you only socialize with people like you who can help you on in life and therefore, that's kids are like that. Um, and that's part of the reason you have competition at school, isn't it? Um, I'm not in the cool gang. Well, who's in the cool gang? Often it's sporty, but particularly how you get to secondary. And um, sometimes it's just because if you look at the parents and think, oh, OK, yeah, I can see what's going on there. I don't know, but what am I, so what do you do with that? I don't know, you, you, you try and chat to your kids about it. You try and model a different way of living, don't you, I think? 
try and give them an example. Oh, you remember when we had X round for dinner? He could be really, really angry, but, you know, there's background to that. You can try and teach that in an age-appropriate way. So what about the opposite, Matt, when you've got the... So let's imagine. <laughs> let's imagine we have the wildly popular child who everyone wants to hang out with and, you know, that they are the, they are the, chosen, the chosen friend. What, what do we say to them? Well, yeah, isn't that just... I mean, I look at what... I was, you all know this, did you? It's, look, my darling Clara, you know, God has given you a really gift. You're great company. People love your company. Now, you can use that for good or bad. You can use that to lead people for good. You can use it to lead them for bad. You can use, use it for yourself to make yourself feel good. You can use it for the Lord and tell them about Jesus. Mm-hmm. How, how do you want to use this gift you've been given? Yeah. Um, you, I mean, well, you know, that's not. You can use the Spider-Man line: "With great power comes great responsibility." <laughs> well, you can, um, but it's true, isn't it? Uh, and also, that doesn't always stay the same. I can think of times, kids' lives they've um, they have been the the sort of the alpha, and other times when they haven't, and to, to get used to that. I can think of one child who's trying to navigate that at the moment. He left he left a small primary school as a popular kid. Who, who rumbled along with everyone and he's got to secondary school and no one notices him and he's dreading school each day. And uh, that's really hard. And that seems to be exactly what parents are for. Pa- parents are trying to give some wisdom into that and also trying to be the place he knows it's okay to come home and be honest about how it is without it being the one thing he wants to discuss all the time. But that 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 must be right, that there are seasons of life that I suspect as adults we also can see where we have needed friends more, we have been able to offer friendship more to others or where we have known the hurt of being left out and so we can love those well or we have known the joy of being the popular kid and perhaps we have learned how to support and care for others and draw them in. I had that shoulder-to-shoulder driving chat because you can only have conversations with teenage sons if you're shoulder-to-shoulder or driving somewhere. Eye contact is not allowed. About about friends last night because he was quite jealous because one of his brothers has a good friend who'd given him a present and he d- didn't have a present. So to be able to sort of talk through, why do you think that is? And it's okay to be jealous, but let's just unpack what this jealousy is and that you are made... You know, the reason it hurts that you haven't got friends is because God's made you to, to, to want to love people and to have friends. So that's why it hurts. It makes it okay. But also, you know, why has he got that friend? Well, because he's invested time and they've he's been kind and he's been interested and you're too busy flitting between groups of like who is the cool kid to hang out with. So stick with a friend because friendship isn't a currency for power. Friendship is is a relationship that you build on and it's okay to get it wrong and it's okay to be learning this stuff, but let's make sure we're moving in the right direction. We have to be brave enough to start those conversations and say, what do you want to know about my friends? Like, what do you see about my friendships? What do you want to ask me? I think you're very, as parents, you have to know your temperament, don't you? So some of us, we're making it sort of polarising. Some of us will get deeply, our, our children will come home in tears and we will think this is the end of the world. Uh, and it sort of be devastated with them. Others will just say, "Oh, don't worry about it. Next year you have different friends, so uh, crack on uh, and be and be slightly uncaring." Now, you know, and so people will lean to one of both temperaments. Now, of course, wisdom is knowing your own temperament and knowing that sometimes it's the right thing to apply, and other times you you need the other. So you've got to ask some questions. And yet, I do. I, would, I probably would want to say, as parents, 
we are playing a long game, aren't we? They, you know, we cannot protect our children from tears when they're young, but we can have a long view of the sort of people we want them to be and how they process their tears. You can't, you can't insulate them from all that goes wrong in this arena. I was going to say, in our family, that's why I think we have a mum and a dad because I want to do the deeper, meaningful conversation for half an hour and my husband will go, it'll be all right. And that's it. Matt, you've got a moment then to give us a headline of what, you're, what you'd love adults to hear. Uh, as a church leader, what, what is it you want adults to know about friendship? Oh, well, there's a difference, difference between what, what we want them to know for themselves and what for their children. For, for adult to adult, friendships matter more than you realise. And when you're busy at work and you're busy with family, they can drop down the list, the to-do list, you know, because friends don't nag in quite the same way a boss does or a spouse does or a child does. They, they matter enormously, friendships. For your children, well, they'll ebb and flow. I mean, it's some of us, even listening to this, I guess, will have friends from when we were four years old. Others will say, uh, do you know what? I haven't got any friends. And from my 20s onwards was when I picked up my good friends and I'm not in contact with anyone before the age of 24. It'll vary. So it'll vary for your kids as well. So don't, you know, it, it, of course, it feels like a massive deal at the time, but it, 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 in the end, it's one of those areas where all children will go through ebbs and flows and that's part of forming them who they are. The, 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 one of the wise women at church always says, pity, "Pity the child who doesn't." I pity the child who doesn't suffer when they're young, because they're not because they're not being prepared for life. And in the end, that's our job as parents, isn't it, to prepare our kids for life when they leave our homes, um, both spiritually and practically. So it's part of preparing them for life. So every disaster is that, I think. So when they come, cry with them, but you know. Learning, learning opportunity, darling. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, don't say that. Matt, that feels like a great place to finish where you've told us the point of parenting. We are trying to do that on this podcast. This is part of a Who Am I series of podcasts which fit along with a free-to-download resource for churches on identity. One of those is about we're built for friendship. It explores friendship, it explores marriage, and it touches on sexuality so that we're starting these conversations with our children uh, when they're under 11. Uh, and there is a book on this for parents that will be coming out in 2023 uh, in May time. We look forward to that as well. What's that book called, Ed? <laughs> it's called Raising Confident Kids in a Confusing World. And you can order it on pre-sale now at the Good Book Company. I want to be honest and say you could order it before it was even written, but it, the relief is it is actually written now. So it, I know it's going to be published. Isn't that great? Uh, Matt, as you've understood the goal of parenting, can you pray that for our parents who are listening, please? Sure. Hey, great God and Father, we, we recognise fully that it, this could be such an emotive subject for our children at uh, all ages and stages. Um, we sit and cry with them uh, when they're young we cry when they've got unhelpful friends to our minds when they're a little bit older. Uh, it can cause us distress. Father, help us to model friendship uh, around our dinner tables uh, in uh, what we do as adults so our children see it. Help us to model including others who are unlike us, being kind uh, in the face of disappointment, forgiving. Would, would our kids see that in us? And Father, help us to Give them realistic expectations of friends. Help them to be good friends, uh, to be consistent, uh, even if others are fickle. Father, as in, in this as in all areas, help us to prepare our kids so they don't need us. 
um, in the same way when they leave our homes. Help us to do that job of stewarding them well as your children pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Join us next time for the Faith in Parents podcast. Goodbye. Bye. Matt, you get to say goodbye. Oh, oh goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>